0: Welcome to Top of the Game with Javier Sade, where we talk to amazing people that are shaping the world. These lightning round talks explore what makes remarkable leaders tick. Thinkers and doers pushing humankind forward and at the top of their games. Impactful insights, global perspectives, valuable wisdom you can use every day in your life and work. This is Top of the Game. Enjoy
1: today's episode. Here's Javier. Faye Chen owns and runs the best bar and restaurant in the United States, Double Chicken Please, located in Manhattan's Lower East Side. But the improbable and head-spinning story that culminated in what is now one of the hottest places to eat and drink in America is truly the stuff of legend. Faye got into the business as a teenager, first serving drinks in a pub in Taipei. Followed by becoming a rock star flair bartender, and eventually one of the most inventive cocktail makers, first in Shanghai and now in America's largest city. She moved to America with nothing but a visa, an idea, and a dream, which drained her savings over five years, finally opening her restaurant in the middle of COVID. While figuring out the maze of real estate, licenses, and all the rest, she and her partner embarked on an R&D trip in a Volkswagen van around the United States, logging thousands of miles to test their concoctions on real people. As she puts it, finding and learning the American palate. From her cold pizza drink, to her Waldorf salad drink, to her NY beet salad and Japanese cold noodle drinks, Faye is a trailblazer that has won many awards for her creations and now showcases them in the biggest stage of them all. Faye's tenacity, constant pivoting, pursuit of excellence, resilience, finding product market fit, and superb execution of an idea, in the most difficult of circumstances, to turn it into the best part in the most competitive market in the world is truly remarkable. Fei Chen, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? Pretty good. Um, so you're a pretty unique person. at the Top of the game, as you know, it's about people that are doing things at the top of their game. And your story is just remarkable. Now you own and run one of the hottest restaurants in New York City, which makes it one of the hottest restaurants in the world, but we'll get to that in a second. I want you to start a little bit about your early years Mm -hmm. um, and then we'll get to what you're doing now.
0: I think what got me into this business in the very beginning was uh, flair bartending. So there's this one night I was uh, just doing a part time job in a pub. You know, in Taiwan, we call it a pop. It's anyways, it's um in the bar that was live band and stuff like that. And then it was uh, a night that was an anniversary party. And the business owner, he she invited a flair bartender to go on the stage to perform a show. So that was when the first time I saw, oh, the flair bartending. And it looks super cool. Okay, I let, was me, let, let me
1: stop you for a second. This is in Taipei. This is in Taipei, yes. And what, what year is this?
0: Wow, this is 15 years ago.
1: Okay, 15 yeah. years ago. And then flair bartending, for the people that may not know, I know what it is. Can you uh-huh. describe a little bit what flair bartending is?
0: Flare bartending is it's more of a showmanship. You mm-hmm. know, it's a bartender who makes drinks, but they're also including a lot of technique so that you see the bottles, you see all the tools, all the equipment that they use on their hand. is literally yeah. flying around in front of you. But with a very cool and very skillful technique they can still uh make a, a good drink out of it yeah yeah i saw the show there. i thought that was wow that was so cool because uh, i was very young obviously in mm-hmm. the moment i don't really know what i want to do but i was like yeah maybe let me give you a try so i asked the performer sir uh the performer of the night i was like hey where did you learn this and he gave me this business card uh, so I just called the business card, the number, and then they do have, um, provide the flair bartending kind of school mm-hmm. uh, class-ish. Yeah, so
1: I just went there, and then that's how I started. And then you started sort of, so you, you take the class, you start doing the thing with the bottles and making amazing drinks, and then you started, like, inventing drinks.
0: Mm. Yeah, I mean, follow up with the flair bartending, that was just the reason why I like, get into this industry but I was actually never a really real flair bartender because after a couple years of the practicing I realized I'm not gifted <laughs> so <laughs> yeah I just you know be a regular bartender and go to the bar and then working in a bar yeah and then I think that that was the time that you know a lot a lot of cocktail bars started you know opening in Taiwan you know like people really started focus on Oh, what is a cocktail You know, instead of just having mojito all the time? You know, there's like something more, something beyond that. Mm-hmm. So that was I think that was just at the golden age of the time that, you know, a lot of cocktail bars that happen in Asia. So that's when I started to look in d- deeper uh, of the creativity cocktail.
1: Describe one of the cocktails, maybe your most famous Mm -hmm. one. I'm familiar with your work. It's pretty amazing. But maybe describe one of the cocktails.
0: Okay, so in our bar right now, I would say my favorite drink on the menu right now, uh, it's called called Co-Pizza. So the Co-Pizza is, you know, it's just the pizza that you order at night and then you forgot to eat it or like you're super drunk. You couldn't (laughs) eat it. And then you leave it to the next day or you put it in the fridge to the next day and the next day you're so lazy to put that into the oven so you just take a bite of that cold pizza that's pretty much the concept coming from the idea came from and um yeah so it's a basically it's a margarita margarita so it's kind of like a margarita pizza but in the the cocktail margarita form that's the drink yeah so we have like you know tequila as base and uh there's like a fresh tomato water in it and uh because it's a margarita pizza, so we also put basil. So we made the basil into basil cordial, you know. Uh, but the cool thing is because we have to try to make, make the flavor of uh, pizza. So we have to have that kind of little bit smoke, little bit charred kind of-ish thing. So uh, we infuse the tequila with cheese, also burnt toast. <laughs> this,
1: this is just incredible. You also have uh, some Asian some Asian dishes as well that are cocktails right
0: yes we do yeah there's a one uh so far as our best seller on the menu it's called Japanese cold noodle so it's literally just tastes like Japanese cold noodle that's <laughs> how you that's how it tastes like
1: it's amazing so if you want to have cold noodle I'm I'm smiling I I just I have such a smile on my face so if you want to have cold noodles and at the same time get a buzz you drink this drink which is pretty pretty amazing okay so you're in Asia You start in taipei i think you go to shanghai afterwards right Mm -hmm. china yeah um and then you decide i want to go to the united states i don't know where i want to be but let me get can you describe a little bit about this the volkswagen bus and the travels Mm -hmm. you did in the united states that's pretty crazy
0: yeah so the True story is, um when I was in Shanghai, and then uh, me and my business partner decided, okay, I think this is the time that we should do something on mm-hmm. our own. I'm like, okay, you know, I think that's about time. I met him uh, way back. I met him at the place that I learned how to flare, mm-hmm. and he was one of the students. So, like, we just kind of like classmate. That's how mm-hmm. we kind of make it. Uh, each other in the beginning and then uh, when the place turned into the bar i was working there and he needs a job so he came to work there so that's a short story that's how we met each other but then he moved to new york um a couple years later and i moved to shanghai so we kind of work in a different uh place but we're still in contact uh pretty closely we always know that one day we want to do something of our own we're not sure what we want to do in the moment but we're pretty sure we're going to do something so um yeah, he contacted me. He's like, okay, I think now it's about time. I think we should do this. I'm like, okay. So I kinda quit my job at the time, uh, about to leave Shanghai. And he's already started looking for the places, you know, uh in New York. But as everybody knows, in New York is not a very easy city, you know, to <laughs> find a place. It's a super, like a lot of process, you know, you have to find the right uh legal license, right t- right type of legal license, right timing of legal license, you know, and right corner, right area, yada yada yada. And then we will just Really lack of experience. So he was like, Oh, I think I kind of found something. I was like, Oh, okay. You know, I, I quit and I'll move over. You know, let's start the visa processing and stuff like that. And then after I quit, after I start applying the visa in the middle of everything, he told me that the deal fell through.
1: Oh, um, my God. That's yeah.
0: So I was like, mm, And then he asked me, he called me. I was in Shanghai. was like, So what are you going to do? <laughs> I was like, hmm, I don't know because I already quit my job. Can I go back to my job? Be like, Hey, you know, do you want to take me back? You know, because on my last day, last ship, I actually threw a huge, huge party. There was like a 200 people coming to my guest ship. I have eight guest bartenders, you know, like I announced to the
1: whole world, like
0: I'm moving to New York. So, yeah,
1: you're gone. You're gone. You're like, in. you know, you basically are gone. You're like, shit.
0: Yeah. 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 That was embarrassing. I can't, you know, go back to work. Yeah. So I still moved to New York anyways. But No. Obviously, the the, the deal fell through, we have to start the process over again, you know, if anyone ever tried to find a, you know, storefront, you must know that it's a lot lot of negotiation, a lot of back and forth with email with, you know, your brokers and stuff. Yeah, so we just keep looking for spaces. Uh, We don't really have much luck for the first couple of years. So that's when the VW band come into life because first of all, we both are really poor at the time, you know, like. It's really hard to like have no job at, at all and to survive in New York for two years. You know, I basically like spent all the savings from before from in Shanghai and Taiwan, you know, and New York is super expensive. Everybody knows. And then we both of us are all bartenders, you know, we are like, okay, we need to try to do something, <laughs> you know, we gotta like We have a lot of recipe in mind. We have a lot of R and D it's already been done, but we just never got chance to actually serve this drink to people, to real people then for them to try, you know, to get some feedback, you know, so he is, and he loves car. He loves old cars. So he got this van and he was like trying to, you know, play with it a little bit and turns that into a, you know, small, tiny mini bar. You you can only see two people uh, on the car. Yeah. So that's when we come up with, okay. Uh, let's get a, the tour, you know, to the different part of the uh, country and then demonstrate our drink and see how people react.
1: Okay. So there's there's just so much to unpack there. So yeah, new the fact that you want to start in New York, it, it's hard to, you're an entrepreneur, obviously, and to start anything anywhere is very difficult. Mm-hmm. On top of that, you're making it New York, which is probably the most difficult. On top of that, you wanna do something that is one of the most competitive industries in one of the most competitive cities. So you pivot to use entrepreneurial language and you go, you know, I'm gonna make lemonade out of lemons. You get yeah. this VW bus, and then you tour the country making drinks. Is that what you're doing?
0: Yes, that was, you know, that time, we just really need to try if to know that if our drink has potential. You know, because like I move all the way from Asia, I actually don't understand the palate a lot, you know, about mm-hmm. New Yorkers or like American's palate. You know, I tried different bars and I realized, oh, actually, that's like very different than my style. You know, because I learned from Japanese style, you know, combined a little bit with like European style, but I never really understand that much about American style of a cocktail. So when I uh moved to New York, when I go out to drink, I was like, oh, yeah, actually, this is very different. So I have to dig deeper. Yeah, so that VW band, that tour is actually super useful because we go to different part of the country, you know, like east, west, south, north. So we kind of understand a lot better about the palette here.
1: How many miles did you drive?
0: Yeah, thousands. We have like two different tours. Uh, the first one I didn't get, I'd be able to join because my I couldn't get my visa at the time, mm-hmm. you know, and then the tour is already set. I just, my visa, I just can't, it just didn't get it on time. Okay. So probably it was it was the photographer for the first one. And I joined the uh, the second one. Yeah. So- I think we travel all the way from um, Nashville all the way down to New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's like a few cities in
1: between. So you're doing cities, you're doing smaller towns. And now, I mean, now you've been here for a while. Now, you know that the American palate is different everywhere, right? Like New Orleans is very different to New York, very different. Yes. So you're like learning all this stuff, getting feedback. So it's like a real life R&D lab, mm-hmm. tweaking, doing things. And then fast forward to opening the restaurant in New York. You get the space, you open it in the middle of COVID. Yes. So describe a little bit. I mean, we all went through COVID. We all know that there was a lot of takeout and you have to be very... Mm-hmm. You know, creative as to how you kept your business going, but describe—you know—you you finally get your your space, you finally get everything, and and then it's the middle of COVID. So tell me a little bit about that.
0: Yeah, um, after years, we finally get a space. Um, it's not what I was you know imagine because in the beginning I thought that it's just going to be a smaller size smaller scale maybe like 30 seats you know in total and it's just mm-hmm. going to be run by me and my business partner maybe a, you know a couple more bartenders will work but in the end we just couldn't really find the right size for us and in the end we got you know we got to know uh, the place that we have right now and it's like way much bigger and there's mm-hmm. like a two room yeah but you know like after years years of searching years years of waiting it really gets to the point that if you have that feeling feel like okay if it's not this one i'm not gonna do it anymore so we pretty much hit to that point of like okay if we're not gonna do this one we're just not gonna do it we're just gonna move back to asia or do something else yeah because Obviously, that's just super frustrating because it's it's not looking for two months; it's looking for like five years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So when we got the place, we we're like, okay, let's just push it through. Let's do this. Let's try. It. You know, this we we've been staying in New York for years. You know, trying to do this. this, at least trying to make it. Try our best to make it happen. So we did it. You know, and it's happening. You know, it's with um. You know, the design is all done, doing the middle of the construction, and that's when the COVID hit, and everything just stopped because you can't continue your construction, you know, just everything just stopped. Whoever that went through COVID, which is entire world that, oh no, it's <laughs> really- It sucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: COVID, yeah, COVID totally sucked. Um, yeah, and
0: and, and yeah. like, because we are so new, you know, I think that a lot of uh, restaurants or some of the restaurants that they can at least get some of, you know, certain of compensation from the government or like, yeah. you know, a, a waiver from their landlord, but, We didn't because we just didn't fall into any uh, criteria of that time because we're just too new. We we haven't even opened yet. (laughs) So we're kind of not losing money, but losing a lot of money in a way. Yeah. So, you know, in the, and when the city announced, okay, we can have 20% of the indoor dining, that moment is the moment we're like, you know what? Let's just open. You know, because we didn't want to, in my dream, I always dream about, you know, okay, I'm going to have this massive opening party for my first bar in New York. You know, I wanted to be like so big and so cool. I want to announce to the world, you know, Mm. I finally opened a bar in New York. I made it, you know, but no, there's only 20% indoor dining. (laughs) It's like, you can't really have much people inside. Yeah. So we just kind of opened Because we have to, yeah, because we already start paying rent, you know, like every day that we close is just losing even more money from us, ourselves and investors. So at the moment, I have to do it. Yeah.
1: So we open. I mean, this story, if if the listeners' heads are not spinning at the amazing, at this amazing story of resilience, challenges, Mm -hmm. pivoting, I mean, you're literally like, You're almost like you're flying the plane, you're flying the plane as you build it, as they say. And on top of everything, even if everything's perfect, no COVID, you can open normally, even if everything is perfect. This is really, really hard to start a business, right? So the name of the of the restaurant, and this is all in the notes and the show notes, but the name of the restaurant is Double Chicken Please, is an amazing place. It's become one of the hottest places in, in New York. The food and the drinks are amazing. Faye, as you know, these shows are pretty fast and, and short, mm-hmm. and I can keep going on and on with you. You mm-hmm. have so much to teach people, not only about creativity, creating things that people want, finding the palette. Um, in the in the world of uh, kind of tech entrepreneurship, it's called mm-hmm. product, product market fit. So you're doing it real time in a really cool way something happened that was lucky right mm-hmm. like all these things against you what what did you get right
0: you know this is the question that i'm asking myself sometimes mm-hmm. i'm not so sure the details that that we care so much about you know the people that we care so much about the creativity that we care so much about uh or something you know i don't think i have i honestly i would wanted to have a firm answer for you right now but i don't even know sometimes i'm just like okay is it because of this is it because of that we're talking about the fmb industry i think that we can all agree that at least we're trying our best on our hospitality warmly open our door every day you know serve everyone that's walking to this door we're trying to make the the best food and the best drink at least the best that i can do Yeah, but there's definitely a lot of luck. I think that we are, it's unfortunate to open during COVID, but we are lucky to have this experience because that experience taught us so much. Sitting here and then share with you my story, uh, what makes it so special is also because we went through that period of time and then we overcome together. So, you know, it's a story that I can be able to share. So I think that's type of part of
1: luck too. I mean, the fact that you answered with, I don't know, to be honest, Faye, is what makes you special because I'll tell you what I think it is. You had all the ingredients right, but the difference is you. You're the one that made this happen. You had the sheer will. You can teach people so much. Just amazing, head-spinning, incredible story story. I can't wait to see what's ahead for you. I look forward to uh, visiting your restaurant next time I'm in New York. And I thank you for being on the show.
0: Yeah, please, please come visit and please let me know. And I will I would love to host you.
1: We hope you enjoyed today's conversation.
0: For information and links about today's guests, check out the show notes and visit topofthegame-thepod.com. Your host, Javier Sade, the show Top of the Game. Thanks for listening.